Today we're going to talk about three different kinds of buyers. We've done a lot of lead generation focus lately, but we're going to talk specifically about three different types of buyer clients and how you can service them at the highest possible level. Okay, we're going to start with everybody's favorite kind of home buyer, the first time home buyer. All right. First time home buyer. All right. Everybody, every agent loves first time home buyers because they, they need agents more than anybody else. These are the folks that come to you. They want to know everything, you know, what's going on with the market, how to get their mortgage financing together. And you as an agent is going to act as the hub for them to navigate the entire real estate transaction. Typically with a first time home buyer, especially in our market, you're going to have multiple family members uh, involved. You will have, um, you know, financing coming from parents, friends, family members, house hacking, but typically first time home buyers are where most real estate agents start their career. In our market, our price point has driven up to a point where the first time home buyer is a little bit more rare, but they are still out there. Typically, um, first time home buyers, it, it takes agents a little bit longer to convert them to an actual transaction. So your goal um, when dealing with first time hum, home buyers is to shorten their process as much as possible. Um, so first time home buyers, this is typically where most real estate agents start building their career. Um, you know, and these become future clients again, uh, when they do a move up, buy and sell, they refer their friends and family. They also become your raving fans. I love working with first time home buyers. We believe in home ownership. So typically first time home buyers are a little bit younger between the ages of 25 and 35 years old. They need your help. And when you meet them, the best place and where you usually meet them is at an open house. or they'll DM you and message you, okay? Now, it is very, very important that you have an absolute thorough buyer consultation with first-time home buyers. They're gonna need a lot of reassurance. They are gonna ask you a ton of questions. You're gonna to have to help them navigate the entire process. Now, here's the thing. You have to remember with first-time home buyers, they can occupy a huge amount of your time. The disaster scenario is you spend all your time with one group of people, when I say one group, like one or two buyers, you pour all your time and energy in them over, you know, let's say three to six months and then they decide not to purchase and you have stopped your lead generation activities. This is not great. So typically on our team, which we coach our agents to, is once you meet a full, a first time home buyer and you have a thorough consultation, you should be spending no more than 20 to 30 hours with them before they transact. So we're gonna break down what that looks like as well. So you're going to usually meet them at an open house. This is a two-hour open house. You're going to close them for an appointment at the open house, and you're going to have a thorough buyer consultation. Now, typically, with a first-time home buyer, the consultation is a little bit longer than an hour. They're going to have more questions. They might even bring their mom and dad or, uh, you know, Uncle Joe, who knows something about houses. We all love Uncle Joe, as you know. This is a good thing. A lot of agents get bent out of shape about this. Don't. Why would you not want to talk to more people who have an opportunity to work with you in the future? Especially mom and dad. They're a little bit older and Uncle Joe, they probably own their own homes. They probably haven't transacted. If you take good care of their kids, which they're probably giving tens of thousands of dollars to to buy their first home, 
they will love you forever. They will tell your friends. So invite the family down. It's a good idea. So you're going to have a consult with them. Let's call this one and a half. Let's call it two hours just to make the math easy. By at the end of your consult, um, very likely you're already going to refer them to one of your mortgage referral partners. They're going to have an idea about what they're going to be pre-approved for. They should be looking into a mortgage in between the open house and the consult. You should have your mortgage broker on speed dial on Sundays. Uh, you don't say, hey, look, we've got this really great young couple. They're going to be calling you. Can we start the pre-approval process? Book this for like 24 to 48 hours afterwards. No later than that. They'll lose interest. You know, if someone agrees to meet with you at an open house, do the consult right afterwards or the day after. No later than Tuesday, though, if it's a Sunday. So you want to get that consult done within 24 to 48 hours. Okay. By the time you're done that consult, they're going to have a very clear idea of what they're going to want. One of our favorite closing lines when we're talking is like, hey, look, you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. First Time Home Buyer. Uh, now, this is a good thing. If they've been at open houses for a long time, you can say, hey, guys, how long have you been looking at houses again? going to say, oh, you know, we've been wandering around open houses for three months. It's like, okay, that's probably going to lead to a lot of frustration. This happens all the time where we meet people at an open house and literally no one has asked them if they've had a buyer consultation or if anyone has offered to show them the entire home buying process to A to Z. You say, hey, typically this is how it works. Once we have a buyer consultation, we go see three to five houses and we end up buying one. How would that work for you? Everybody says yes to this. Most people are like, we just want to get in on the market. And first time home buyers now, especially, are very, very savvy. They understand that they will not be getting their dream home. This is not HGTV. They're going to sacrifice a little on location, amenities, uh, number of bedrooms, finishing, just to get on the home property ladder. Because everybody understands that you need to own where you live. You need to be in control of where you, uh, you know, Lay your head every night. You know, you don't want to wake up one day and have your landlord selling your house. So selling the dream of home ownership is really, really important. So once you have the consult, you're going to start going on showings. Ideally, you find a home in two rounds of showings. So this is going to take you, you know, two sets, three hours of showings. Ideally, this is going to take you, let's call it six hours of showings. There will be an offer night when you're going to be, uh, you know, an active negotiation. So typically you might have a sign back over a couple days. In the old days when we were holding offers, bidding more style, you know, you know, you know, brew that cup of coffee. You're going to uh, sit down at five o'clock. You're going to submit an offer. The listing agent isn't going to call you back until 1030 at night. It's super, super annoying. We all know how long it takes to review an offer, by the way. You know, price, conditions, closing date. That's it. And deposit size, of course. We'll get to how to have a compelling offer in a minute. But uh, six hours of showings. Then you have offers. Okay, let's call this three hours. You have an inspection. Three hours. You're going to have two revisits. Now, the revisit is not a time to bring the entire family, 20 people showing up. Sellers hate it when you do this. In fact, most brokerages now will say the only people allowed to enter that, that home, you'll see this on a Schedule B. Uh, so if you haven't read that thoroughly, read your Schedule B thoroughly. Say, hey, you know what, this is only for the buyer and the seller. No tradespeople, come in, come out, one hour max. So two revisits for two hours. And then on closing day, the last person that people want to see on their closing day is the real estate agent. This is when the lawyer is going to be taking care of things. They're going to be there with their friends and family moving in. It's usually a very stressful time. 
You can slow down enough to frisbee a pizza at the front door if they're moving, but I would urge you, you know, on closing, let the lawyer handle it. Let your clients deal with the stress. Obviously, be there for them um, and drop off a really nice closing gift afterwards. But on closing day, you know, leave that handle to the lawyer. You know, if they need your help, you know, slow down, send them dinner on closing day. It's usually a very, very stressful time. So all in all, we got two and six, that's 10, 16 hours, uh, and then two hours for revisit. So that's 18 to 20 hours to be spent with a first time home buyer. This is gonna be very, very similar. Now you can all calculate your hourly rate. You know, it's very, very simple. Take what you get paid on that deal and your commission check divided by that, and that should be your hour hourly rate. Now that should be very motivating for you to have a lot of buyers in your pipeline working with a lot of them. Don't make the mistake of spending tons and tons of time with people. Spend super duper high quality time with as many, many people as you can. And you know, it's a little bit of a myth that if you're you know, not spending all your time and thinking every waking moment with your clients that you're somehow letting your client down. This is not true. People will pay you for efficiency. They want to work with the person who's the most skilled. So when you work with a more skilled person, it takes less time. And that old saying, time is money. People will work with someone to get them over the finish line quickly, give them the confidence to transact in this market, especially when they are a first time home buyer. Okay, so moving on to buyer type number two. So this is our, well, I'm not gonna say our favorite because we love all of our buyers, but this can be the most productive and lucrative for you as an agent is the move up buyer and seller. So move up, buyer, and seller. Okay, so the move up, buyer, and seller. Super messy writing, sorry about that, but I'm not gonna fix it, okay? Um, so these are folks who are going to buy and sell at the same time. So typically, these are people who are doing this for the very, very first time. You've helped them buy their first home, and now they call you, you know, three to five years later, maybe there's a couple kids involved, Maybe there's a separation, maybe they got uh, you know, six dogs for some reason, I don't know. But whatever the reason is, the house that you've put them into, now they need to sell and upgrade. Um, so remember, whenever anybody does something for the first time, it is a very stressful experience. So buying a home for the first time, for those of you that have purchased a home and have lived in it for a while and are used to mortgage payments, you're like, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. There's a lot of stuff at the beginning dump a huge chunk of money, you turn your cash in your bank into something house-shaped, then you have to sell that. So you're converting that house back to cash to purchase another house. So there's a lot of moving parts here. People are gonna say, is it better to buy to sell? Is it gonna be better to sell and buy? Obviously, you need to know your market extremely well and how to advise people. So these guys are gonna need multiple things. They're going to need a market evaluation, obviously. So this is your opportunity to, pro to provide value to your database. Um, so this, that's one of the number one sources, your database. They live inside your database. You want to talk to them. So these are past clients and leads, usually listing leads. Okay. Same thing from open house. So this is the open house job interview. People come in, this is why you want to crush your open houses. Don't be lying on the couch, scrolling Instagram, eating a sandwich at an open house. You want to be active, happy, and engaged. Be excited that people are coming into your open house. Thank them for coming to your open house. They may be interviewing you for the job of listing their home. They want to see how you run an open house, or they want to test your product knowledge. 
You know, it's, it's always a good thing when the nosy neighbor comes. That's an opportunity for you to follow up and build that relationship. Especially if you hang a sold sign in your neighborhood, you're taking market share in that neighborhood, which is great. So database, past clients and leads from your listings and open houses are a great place to find move up buyers and sellers and prospecting around your listing. So circle prospecting. Circle prospecting. Okay, so that's where they live. That's where to find them. So typically you're going to have one, two transactions minimum with this, maybe three, because if you take their listing and help them buy, um, you're going to be listing their home and you're going to be helping them buy. Now remember, this is the first time they're going to be, they're going to have tons of questions for you. Should I call my mortgage broker? Yes, you absolutely should. Should I call my lender? Help them find out if their mortgage is portable or not. You know, help them understand the uh, ramifications if they have to break their mortgage and go into a new rate. Obviously leave that to the mortgage lending professionals, but these are questions that they might not be aware of. And remember, people are their own worst critic with their house. They're gonna call you and say, you know, we're not quite ready to list yet. We saw this house, we really love it, but we have to, you know, renovate our entire main floor. And you show up and you think, okay, well, maybe the baseboards need a little bit of paint and a deep clean, but typically when people want to move, they're obsessing about why the house doesn't work for them. It doesn't feel right, but it may not, but it should feel right to a new buyer. And that's your job to help them understand what they need to do to get that property sold. So the amount of time spent with them is actually pretty similar. So you will have typically a one hour market evaluation Now here's the good thing about this, a one hour market eval, usually you get this phone call because they've been looking at houses already. They know what it is that they want to do and they're not hiring you to help them find a house, they're hiring you to navigate this complex transaction. So your showing time on this is going to be significantly less than when you're working with a first time home buyer, but they will still need your guidance. Typically when we're working with a move up buyer and seller, um, we, we need, one to two rounds of showings, but sometimes it's a one and done where they're like, you know what? We know this house. We like this house. We want to see it. Can we go and purchase this home? Or they have a very, very small geographic area. So these are the people in your database who are saying, hey, if I see the perfect thing, I'll move tomorrow. That's great. The perfect thing comes up. They move tomorrow. You get a listing right away and you've had to do very little legwork on showings and prospecting to help them find their house. So we're going to say that this typically only takes about three hours of showing. Three hours of showing. So you've done a one hour market evaluation, you've done three hours of showings with them. They've purchased a home. You still have to do the inspection, of course. Three hours of inspections, two hours of revisits. And an offer night for them on their house and the purchase. So two hour times two. So four hours total for their offers. So you have four, six, so that's 10, 14 hours. Call it 15 hours, so about five hours less of time for you to work with them. Sometimes it takes even less time. And remember, the amount of time that you spend isn't your value. You're being paid for your value, not for your time. Think about it, like if you, when you were purchasing a home or if you were doing a renovation project, do you want it to take a super long amount of time or do you want it to take a short amount of time? Typically people want large, stressful transactions to take as little time as possible so they can then move on. So for this group of people, the move up buyers and sellers, this is like a 10 to 15 hour process for you. So once again, you're gonna notice that your hourly rate on this 
is way higher, even with 15 hours, because you should count both the sell and the buy as a transaction. So if you're doing a sell and a buy and you're getting paid $15,000 per transaction and it only takes you 10 hours, that's 30,000 divided by 10. So you're actually getting paid 3,000 bucks an hour to work with these folks. That is a huge amount of money. I don't know anyone who would not want to work for three grand an hour. Hands up, it's awesome. Okay, so move up buyers and sellers. We've covered where they live and, uh, and what to do. We love these guys. If you are not actively targeting move up buyers and sellers in your market, you absolutely should. You know, you should be looking, running ads for four bedrooms, three bathrooms, minimum with finished basements, two cars, one step above an entry level home. That's a little hack to help you get in front of more move up buyers and sellers. Okay, so buyer type number three. So far we've covered first time home buyers, move up buyers and sellers. Then we have the downsizer. Okay. Very, very big in our market. So the downsizer are folks, these are typically older. So the downsizer is gonna be, I'm gonna say 60 years plus, okay, approaching retirement age. So we're going to be generous with this. We're going to say 55 to 65 years old. This is probably, they're probably in the second or third house that they've purchased. Whoops. Second to third home. It's probably a larger home. Probably would be considered a luxury home um, by today's standards. It's not an entry level house in terms of square footage. It may not be a luxury house in terms of finishings, but typically these are in established neighborhoods, established areas, big square footage, big square footage, um, and they have little to no mortgage, okay? Little to no mortgage. So these folks here, 55 to 65 years old, it's their second or third home, so they've transacted before. They're in very established, desirable areas, big square footage, and no mortgage. Typically, these folks are a little bit more insulated from market conditions. If they have a mortgage, they're gonna be downsizing, they're gonna be deploying that capital to get into something that's a little bit easier. You guys have all heard this before, I just wanna live on one level, I don't want any more stairs, I don't want a big yard, I just want something easy to maintain. Now, typically that description, these folks here are actually competing with first time home buyers. These guys want like two bedroom bungalows, eight to 800 to 1,000 square feet. They're never gonna go into the basement. That's just for gardening tools. And a small yard where someone can just spend all their day, you know, no gardens, just like manicuring the lawn and spraying Roundup on it. That's it, you know, um, very, very easy. So these folks are great and fantastic to work with. Now. There will be two transactions here. And the nice thing about finding downsizers is typically they have what your move up buyers and sellers want. So when you can play matchmaker in your database and say, hey, you know what? I was talking to someone in this neighborhood that you're actually looking in. This home needs a little bit of elbow grease. It's not at the top of the marketplace, but maybe we can put together something here where you can purchase their home. They might be actually interested in the home that your move up buyer is going and you can, you know, um, have an absolutely monster transaction, but downsizers are great. So where do you meet them? Because they are older, I'm going to tell you, they live on Facebook. Okay. So, you know, all the cool kids out there, you know, yes, there is a crap load of business to be found on Facebook for people who actually own houses, which believe me, those are the people you want to talk to. 
Spend all your time talking to people who don't own anything. Older people own houses, they live on Facebook. FB, okay, we're gonna put a sad face there, don't cancel me, yeah. So they live on Facebook um, and they love to go to open houses and they will phone you on the phone, which is where the skills come and they will test you on the phone. They expect you to be able to have a coherent, knowledgeable conversation, okay? usually from a sign call on one of your listings. Now these folks, tent can be market timers as well. Like, you know what, you know, we're gonna wait and see what Joe's house sells for. We're gonna wait and see what this house sells for. But sometimes something triggers this, you know, the um, knee replacement surgery, hip replacement surgery, illness, something related to age is forcing them to move. They just cannot maintain the house anymore. They need that money to help a friend or family member or, or they wanna be closer to their grandkids. That is a big one. As soon as the kids have kids, I don't know if any of you out there have had this experience. I've had this experience. As soon as you have kids, the parents are like, we're coming, we're getting closer. So those folks that you've had consultations with, with the first time home buyers, okay, just to tie it all back together. If you talk to them and their kids have kids, you are gonna be the downsizing agent of choice. It is a fantastic place to be, especially if you're in a smaller um, market with a lower price point. So 55 to 65 years old, second to third home, established areas, big square footage, and no mortgage. So how much time should you be spending with your downsizing clients? It's pretty similar. You're gonna have a strategy meeting with them or a consultation. They are going to be older, bring paper. Don't just bring your laptop, bring material to leave behind for them. So you're gonna have, let's call it a two hour consult. These folks value service, they value face-to-face, -face, okay? They are willing to pay you for face-to-face -face service. They like to go to the store and talk to the sales reps. That's how they've interacted with other retail environments. You have to be able to present yourself well and make sure that they're receiving that level of service that they've come to expect. And by the way, this is okay because they're paying you a lot of money to do this. So you're gonna have a two hour consult with them. If they are downsizing and you're in a very, very competitive market, you have to prepare them for what's going to happen. Walk them through the entire offer process. Say, hey, this is likely going to be in competition. We are not going to be able to have a lot of, we are not going to be able to have a lot of conditions on our offer. If you would like to have a lot of conditions on your offer, then we need to target homes that look like this in these areas. If there are grandkids involved, they will do anything to be close to their grandkids. I promise you that. So. You just have to have that kind of education piece with them, maybe go through the offer process once and see what it's like. But in our market right now, they have a lot of leverage. Typically, these folks will want to have a condition on the sale of their home as well, which is fine if it's a home that you want to sell, um, you know, or in, a, or in a slower marketplace. So two-hour consult. Um, typically, you're going to be spending three to six hours of showings with them again. Six hours of showings, two hours of offers, times two, and two revisits once again. Okay, so once again, we are gonna be in that 10 to 15 hours, so four, six, 14 hours, 10 to 15 hours of time with a, with a downsizer. Um, once again, it is incredibly lucrative if you are doing this. Yes, they may be buying a home at a lower price point, but they'll be selling a home at a higher price point. 
So downsizers are one of our favorite markets to work with. Uh, typically, you get to meet the whole family, the kids. So the inverse is true too, where the first time home buyers are bringing their parents, a lot of time the downsizers are actually bringing their kids. So they're adult children. And it's an opportunity to meet people for the future. So when you work with all these different demographics, you have an opportunity to unlock other markets and meet more people, which is great. You can ask the kids for referrals. It's very, very common on a downsizer consultation to have their kids present to make sure that they're dealing with someone you know kind and genuine and honest who's going to represent their parents' best interests. So it's it's a fabulous market to work with. It's a fabulous demographic to work with, and hopefully you can add that to your uh, to your uh, to your pipeline. So downsizers are one of our favorite uh, favorite folks to work with. You know, if you haven't worked with downsizers before, I strongly encourage you to. They are a fantastic demographic to work with, and we enjoy it very much. Okay, so to summarize, we have our three different types of specific buyers that we talked about today. We have our first-time home buyer. We're going to use abbreviations here. First-time home buyer. We have our move-up buyers and sellers. Three, we have our downsizers. Okay, slightly different service, slightly different experience when you're working with all three of them. Now, the trick to find out is how many of these folks do I need to be working with uh, per month to do a transaction? So typically when people start in the business, their skills are not that high as a salesperson. So they have to work with way more people per month uh, than they think to to transact per month. So, you know, an ideal mix. Let's say you're a, a uh, you know an ex somewhat experienced agent with a year in. If you're working with four first-time home buyers, two move-up buyers and sellers. Okay, so that's four transactions right there, and two downsizers. Okay, that is twelve potential transactions. If you can keep this ratio going, you should be producing at a minimum three transactions per month. If you multiply that up by 12, that's 36 transactions per year. We're gonna budget in a little bit of fallout there. Let's say that you know six of these transactions don't go through. So that's 30 transactions per year. All you have to do is multiply that by your average commission rate to get your gross annual income. It is a very, very good living. So if you can find a way, which you should be able to do to capture every first time home buyer who walks through the door of one of your open houses, calls you in one of your listings, asks for a buyer consultation, every single move up buyer. So this is every first time home buyer should eventually turn into a move up buyer and seller. So you're seeing what we're doing here. We're cultivating this, which leads to this, which leads to this, and then it all circles back. So the first time home buyers that you help should become move up buyers. This is how you build a massive business. You're gonna provide such good service here that they're just gonna call you when they're ready. Obviously you wanna find them as well, but when they start coming out of your database, magic really, really happens. Then they become downsizers as they get older. Obviously this is a long way out. Your move up buyers are probably gonna live there for a long time. But your downsizers, remember, the people with the big houses are the ones who are lending and giving money to their first-time home buyers. You're also meeting them with the move-up buyers when they bring their kids. So keep this in mind when you're talking to, to buyers. Keep the four, four, and four, so that's 12 people on the go at all times. 
that should yield three transactions a month, 36 deals per year. We're gonna build in a little bit of fallout, six transactions, so once every two months doesn't work out. House doesn't sell, someone decides to pull back just to budget that in. That should give you 30 transactions per year, which would hopefully put you in a, you know, at least the top 5% of agents in your market. There's a very healthy living in almost every single market. So hopefully you found this very, very helpful. Keep in mind when you're working with buyers, we love working with buyers, we need buyers. After all, there's no buyers who's gonna buy your listings. So, uh, you know, thanks for watching this video and we will definitely see you on the next one.